working for me? Can I trust in you? What's it all about? Is there only one, only one way out? Flowers on your grave, God forgive the mistakes I've made. Welcome to the Arts Report. Today we'll talk to Tom Anselmi from the Arrival Agency about the Fox Theatre renovation. Curator Kate Rimmer will introduce us to the current exhibition on at the Maritime Museum, which is called Tattoos and Scrimshaw, the Art of the Sailor. We've got an arts reporter, Rohit Joseph, will tell us about the Indian Summer Festival, and I'll tell you about my wonderful night in the company of Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Eric Singer, and Tommy Thayer at the KISS concert. Woohoo! Hi, welcome. I'm your host for the evening, Sarah Lapsley. It's a stunningly beautiful day on the UBC campus, and I've complained a lot over the last while about the construction, um, especially outside the parking lot. Like, I'm always late, and the parking lot outside the UBC bookstore was like, I'd like zip in there, even though it's the most expensive lot on the campus. Um, but, uh, and I was bitter that they closed it, but now they've put in this beautiful pond with long grasses, and there's dragonflies, and fountain so I'm really happy they ripped up the parking lot thank you so for new listeners the primary focus is cultural events and usually talk about more traditional forms of art Um, I also try to expand it a little bit because life is art um, and I think it encompasses a lot when you think of it that way but tonight is kind of a rock and roll episode and there's also significant erotic content so you have been warned I just haven't had time to attend any arts events, and I'll tell you why. But I just wanted to wish our very own Nardwar a happy birthday. July 5th was his birthday, and you may have noticed he was on the cover of the Georgia Strait this week. So if you don't know who Nardwar is, um, I don't even know what to say, but he's a Canadian celebrity interviewer and musician from Vancouver. He's the lead singer and keyboardist for The Evaporators, and he plays in The Goblins as well. So he attended Hillside Secondary School in West Van um, and was a member of the student council and he started to book events and do interviews. He started at UBC in 1986 and became a volunteer at CITR. Um, And he's been doing a show every Friday afternoon um, since October 1987. So that's like, I don't know, 20, 
six years or something. It's on Fridays, 3.30 to 5 o'clock, and it features a mix of music, interviews, and commentary. He's also uh, a guest host and interviewer on CBC Radio 3. I think he's been on Much Music quite a bit in the past, and he's been on the very cool uh, New Jersey radio station WFMU since 2009. So if you don't know him, he just interviews celebrities. He has this great way of sort of tracking down celebrities and accosting them. And he's done everybody and anybody, like sort of most notably, like Mikhail Gorbachev, Jean Chrétien, Iggy Pop, Nirvana, Snoop Lion is one of my favorites that he's done. Um, And I have very fond memories of um, being present while he interviewed Timothy Leary back in the early 90s here just on campus. And so he's just a great, completely unique interviewer, and he'll always present people with a little-known fact about themselves or a small gift that's sort of a reminder of some something from their distant past that he's dug up. So he almost always disarms people that way. Some uncool people don't really get it, and they'll become, I don't know, resistant or kind of insulting. But the cool celebrities, especially Snoop Lion, really love him. Um, and the interview, his interview will always end with, like, keep on rocking in the free world. Or um, he'll always say, doot, 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 doot. And then you have to say, doot, doot. So it's really fun. Um, so I think it was in high school that he started his band, The Evaporators. And there's been a few different lineups. Um, but the, the core lineup has been Dave Carswell, uh, John Collins from The New Pornographers, and drummer Scott Livingston. And I got to know Nardwar back in like 1992. Um, I got to know that sort of West Van crowd a bit. And I was at a show in Victoria because I loved Fred Thorson, the drummer of the Nordic metal band uh, called Thorson. And um, so the evaporators were headlining. And after the show, drummer Scott Livingston was dropping off a bunch of us off. We were in a van um, just driving along quiet Victoria Street. And out of nowhere, um, this this hurtling super speed van hit us at a T intersection and they were like super drunk tourists from Alberta and our van spun around. I think they're on a track actually. Our van spun around like 360 degrees and fell on its side. And I remember sort of everything happening in really slow motion as we were kind of flying through the van. Um, One of our friends was really almost killed. Uh, The accident was so bad it, it made it into the Victorian newspaper um, and and one of our friends was very badly injured. Um, Scott Livingston had his arm broken. Uh, got really bad whiplash. It still hurts. Uh, we all kind of got ICBC settlements, some large, some more moderate-sized. And there's a picture of me and Nardwar and Dave Carswell the next day in front of the smashed van, and there's, like, a broken window with jagged glass, and there's, like, a tuft of my hair, like, attached to the glass where my head hit the... Um, the window. So that's one of my main memories, sort of a life-changing event um, back in the day. But great things about Nardwar, he loves the Tomahawk Restaurant, it, which is like a must-go place in North Vancouver. Um, his cute hat, he loves crowd surfing, he'll take off his shirt. Um, he's a very sentimental guy, very loyal to his friends in West Van. But I wanted to talk a bit about Dave Carswell. So Dave is um, guitar player in the evaporators he's one of the coolest people ever uh, he was also in the smugglers he was in thorson uh, now he tours with destroyer and he co-owns jcdc studios with john collins from the new pornographer um, 
And Dave's a really talented engineer and producer. So why I couldn't attend a lot of arts events in the last couple weeks, I was recording at JCDC with my new band, Luck Commander. And we were produced by the most awesome Gregory the Goose McDonald of Sloan. And he's a former Vancouverite who lives in Toronto. So I'm not going to tell you where the studio is. But why this is a bit relevant to the Arts Report is uh, the music studio has this rooftop and you can just see this incredible um, view of Vancouver. And so they're like, okay, you can sit outside and on the roof and watch it, but do not go on like the adjacent rooftop. Like you just do not go on it. And we're like, well, why? And then we noticed it's there's this vicious barbed wire on the edge of the building on that side like brand new top of the line vicious barbed wire that would like slice your hand off um and they said anything that that lands on that roof that's like heavier than a pigeon will set off alarms so it turns out um that the uh building houses a uh, mega wealthy real estate mogul's multi-million dollar art collection um and yeah, so I thought, and then, you know, there are things on the top of the building, like climate controls, humidity stuff. So I won't say where it is, but I thought that was really cool, just picturing um, what was inside there. So back to Thorson, I just wanted to play a bit of Thorson as a uh, birthday shout out to Nardwar, because I know he'd enjoy it. So um, back in the 90s, Dave had a very cool project. It was very short-lived. They put out one obscure album on Tacoma's Meat Records, and uh, it's one of the best things like I've personally ever heard. And it's basically heavy metal. Um, and it, all the lyrics are from the Poetic Eddas. And the Poetic Edda is a collection of Old Norse poems, primarily preserved in the Icelandic medieval manuscript called Codex Regius. And it's the most important source on Norse mythology and Germanic heroic legend. It's, and it was written in the 13th century. So the lyrics are really beautiful. Um, and Dave and John co-wrote the songs, Fred Thorson on drums. I never did win the heart of Fred Thorson, but um, I had this kind of dream at the time. I wanted to be like the female member of Thorson in like a fake fur bikini, like a Nordic kind of goddess with long hair. That never happened. Um, but I just wanted to play one of their songs, and it's called Volva. And um, Volva is a shamanic seeress in Nor Norse paganism and a reoccurring motif in Norse mythology. And the name Volva means carrier of a magic staff. And I like that. So here it is, Dave Carswell and John Collins and Thre Fred Thorson. This goes out to you, Nardwar, and it's called Volva.
Hi, we're back on the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. I'm your host, Sarah Lapsley, and a small miracle has occurred. We have reconnected with our arts reporter, Rohit Joseph. Hello. Hi. <laughs> yay. And so he's come in today to tell us about an event. And yeah, just curious, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I've been I've only been in CDITR as a volunteer since uh, the beginning of last semester at UBC. And this past semester, I went abroad on exchange to Dublin, actually. Wow. So I've had a fair share of traveling before this. I've been trotting Western Europe, uh, backpacking. So yeah, I'm, but now I'm back in the grind and I want to get back into my career focus and do some uh, journalism, oh, good excellent. old fashioned journalism. So you're a journalism student? Uh, I'm hoping to be. I'm an English undergrad. I'm in my fourth year, but uh, after I finish my English literature major, I want to get into journalism school, and from there, we'll see where it goes. Excellent. Well, good luck. So tell Thank us you. what what's going on. So currently, from uh, right now, like as in today, till July 13th, uh, the Indian Summer Festival is still going on. It's been going on since uh, the 4th of July, actually. But here's what... Uh, Vancouver Vancouverites who like to dance, for example, can attend some free Bhangra classes going on on July 11th and 13th, as well as a Bollywood dance class on July 12th. Uh, these these free dance classes will occur at 5 p.m. at the Woods uh, Woodward's Atrium, which is on 111 West Hastings Street. So if you've always been curious about Indian dance music, you thought it looked a little funny, but you wouldn't mind doing it for fun. You know, and embarrass yourself with a whole group of other other people who are just as keen as you are. Then this would be a great opportunity, and uh, the the dance teams and choreographers are actual uh, people that have worked in Bollywood. For example, Shimak Devar's uh, dance team has choreographed um, Bollywood movies, and we also have the South Asian arts team that's uh, leading the Bhangra uh, dancing, and they're apparently a very talented group of uh, young Indo Canadians. Uh, so other than that, though, if you're more a literature type and you'd like to see some uh, authors who are speaking about their works, uh, we have uh, the, a special exposi- exposition called Urban Underbelly. And this is going on on uh, Friday, July 12th. Uh, sorry, Thursday, July 11th, actually. And this will be uh, featuring four authors, each of whom are exploring the criminal underworld of... Uh, several cities, such as Vancouver's, uh, going into the sex underground. And then uh, there's also, go- it's also going into like the opium dens of Bombay. It's discussing Dublin's uh, criminal underground. And these authors each have a different focus in their work, and they explain why they look at these specific cities. And, and they also go into what are the cultural reasons that these uh, criminal undergrounds persist in each of these cities. Uh, it's featuring authors such as Jeet Tail, uh, Ankana Schofield, Anoshirani, and Michael Turner. So if you're interested in any of these authors' works, uh, come down for the debate and discussion. And this one will be on July 11th, uh, also in the uh, same building of uh, West Hastings 149, actually, in SFU, uh, the SFU Vancouver downtown campus. Uh Lastly, I just wanted to say that the, on Saturday the 13th, there's two events going on that are particularly of interest. Deepa Mehta is a well-renowned uh, film, 
director, and she's made award-winning movies such as Fire, Water, Earth, and Heaven on Earth as well. Uh, she's also recently adapted Salman Rushdie's Midnight Children, and she's going to have a conversation, like a kind of interview, public interview, and that's going down on July 13th, Saturday, uh, at the SFU Gold Corp Art, uh, Art Center. So check that out. It'll probably be amazing, and I would highly suggest getting tickets now because that's the kind of event that'll get sold out uh, ridiculously fast. She's a really, really famous and uh, respected film director out there. Uh, lastly, on uh, also on uh, Saturday the 13th, we have uh, a lit and cabaret show going down in the Performance Works uh, Center in Granville Island, and this actually features two special performers that I know. One of them is Curtis Andrews, who's a really talented uh, classical Indian musician. So he, he knows how to uh, play instruments that are really unique, like the Miradangam, which is a, t- a Tamil instrument. He's a master at it. He's learned from actual uh, Tamil masters from Sri Lanka, and he went there just to study under them. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, all kinds of poetry, spoken word. Uh, Vancouver's uh, local slam poet champion, actually, Zacchaeus Jackson, who I've seen perform uh, at many open mics. He's really, really good, and he's also going to be performing there. And that'll be, again, in Granville Island around 9 p.m. on Saturday, July 13th. So, yeah, these are all events under the Indian Summer Festival. So Wow, those are all under the Indian Summer Festival? Yes, all of them. Uh, so there's so to, much. There's lots to choose, yeah. <laughs> well, I really, I did a thing on Bangra a few weeks ago for the oh. Bangra Festival, oh, and I real? totally got into it. I'd love to go to a free <laughs> class. Yeah, yeah, remember, the free class, 5 p.m. on the 11th and 13th for Bangra. So, yeah. I, I think it'll be good fun, and it's for all age levels, all a- uh, skill levels as well. So don't feel shy. Yeah. Give it a try. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. We really look forward to having you on anytime, and it's great. Yeah, I'll actually be doing a review of uh, some of these events, so I'll, I'll be back uh, to report on them and tell you how it goes. Next week on the 17th. Yes. Right on. All right. Okay, great. Thanks. Thank you. The Biltmore and CITR present A Midsummer Night's Mess, featuring live performances from four of Vancouver's top body movers, Girlfriends and Boyfriends, Sunshine, Actors, and Sex with Strangers, Thursday, July 18th at the Biltmore Cabaret. Tickets are $10 at the door. Take me to a place where smiles, they don't seem real, and people act surprised. CITR is proud to support the Catalano Music and Art Festival, Vancouver's biggest free outdoor music event. Catalano takes place on West 4th Avenue between Burrard and McDonald on Saturday, July 13th. CITR will be hosting a stage on Maple Street with bands Blind Horses, Chelsea Lang, Village, Coban, War Baby, The Gay 90s, and No Sinner. Be sure to come by and check out all the festival has to offer. For more information, go to catalano.com. Hi, we're back on CITR 101.9 FM. I'm your host for the evening, Sarah Lapsley. Thanks to Rohit Joseph, who told us about the Indian Summer Festival. So, um, 
as I've been doing arts events lately, I've become more familiar with the sort of concept of space. Like you need cool spaces to have events and it's sort of a sacred container, if you will, for the magic of the art to transpire. And so we have an issue with this in Vancouver. Things always come and go and we don't seem to value um, cool spaces. Um, but it came to my attention on Facebook when Tom Anselmi um, of the Waldorf group, so he was one of the key players in the Waldorf Hotel group. Um, he's also was in the seminal punk band Slow and then Copyright. Um, so I'm friends with him on Facebook and he started posting these photos of renovations they're doing in the Fox Theater and they were so outrageous. I was like, I have to talk to him about it. Um, so I'm just going to let him tell you about it. They've formed a new group to plan events. They're renovating the Fox Theater. And the photos, they should be their own exhibition. Like they shone a black light on the photos. And maybe you don't know, but the Fox Theater was like has been a pornographic theater since about 1983. When he shone the black light in, it was like, oh, you just do not want to touch anything in there. So uh, I just wanted to get an update from him on what he's been doing. And I wouldn't even call it an interview as much as kind of a, a delightful conversation. So here's me talking to Tom and Selmy about the renovations at the Fox Theater. How did you get the idea to get involved in the Fox Theater and how did it sort of transpire? Um, well, ultimately, we were, you know, we were interested. I mean, as soon as I, I'd been interested in that space for a long time. So as soon as the lease sign went up, I started investigating it. And then um, it, it turned out to be fairly, it turned out fairly quickly that we had a competitor for the space. And we didn't know who it was, so it turned out to be Dave Dupre. And so then Dave Dupre and, and us had a talk immediately, and we decided to partner up on it rather than compete for the space. <clears throat> and um, it turned out to be great, actually. We're really, it's really working out well. Um, and, yeah, that's, it's, it's, I mean, we, we, it just always seemed really apparent that that would make a great venue. Mm-hmm. So what kind of stuff are you hoping to do there? Um, we'll be doing all kinds of things, similar to the programming that we always do, you know. It'll be pretty diverse. There'll be, um, you know, bands playing. There'll be uh, club nights. There will be community events. It will be a good resource, I think, for that neighborhood to have a proper um, sort of multi-use space that is also public. Yeah. I'm sure it will be popular. I hope so. Yeah. I hope it will be. And so what's the history of the theater as you know it? I think that in the early 70s it was built, purpose-built as a theater, um, and I believe it was in a theater showing Indian movies for the first, uh, for the first, I think around 10 years. And actually our landlord, we were speaking to him and he apparently actually used to sell popcorn in the theater as a child um, when it was an Indian theater. And then I think that it got turned into more of a repertory cinema in the early 80s and that was the Savoy. And that actually, a lot of people like Paul Wong and that whole sort of crew of Main Streeters um, were actually like I think that I, I've heard that um, Anastasia used to sell popcorn there, who was one of the that group of artists, 
and you know they they showed a lot of movies like Lynch movies and I remember actually being a kid and going to see uh, the great rock and roll swindle there so it was a repertory cinema and then I think it got turned into a porn theater around 83 I think okay yeah and how long was it a porno theater until just now until just like until last month or yeah yeah (laughs) until last month yeah really and and so like I'm just curious like what kind of you found in there um well most of i mean when we originally went to see the space there was a huge amount of 35 millimeter films like just massive room filled with them um those were all sold and uh when we actually got the space there's a couple of big projectors and there um is a lot of well, it's cleared out now, but there was a lot of cum everywhere <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of graffiti. And I think it had been turned into more of a sort of social place for people to meet up and have sex. Right. And, and people to watch, I guess, as well. So, and, I, and it's, it's interesting, actually. I was talking to Paul Wong about it because he was kind of teasing us that we were, you know, gentrifying the theater, which uh, I suppose is true. <laughs> and, uh, and he was he was drawing a really interesting parallel. He was talking about that, you know, obviously the Internet probably killed, you know, the straight porno business. But then after that, as the place became more of a meet-up place um, and more of a cruising place, that, um, you know, that we were, we were taking over, we were, you know, we were, those people were going to be displaced. And I think it's, true but then he sort of brought up a larger and very interesting point about the internet which is that through a lot of uh you know websites and then also apps that you have on your phone nowadays cruising has become sort of a universal pastime and it it isn't really located in a place anymore and that's actually destroying a lot of a lot of you know the i don't know i almost want to say intimacy of having a central place you know, like bathhouses or gay bars or places like the Fox where men go to have sex and, you know, that, that really that's, the world has sort of become more of a cruising ground and that's become decentralized through, you know, instant communication. And, uh, and that those places are actually all disappearing and it really are not necessary anymore as much. Yeah. I mean, outdoor places, I guess. Well, no, every, every, like lots of places, I mean, just, you know, or indoor places and, you know, people are able to communicate online through their phones, et cetera, and hook up instantly or maybe through Craigslist or, or whatever. So that, you know, the, the sort of function of having these kind of social clubs where people would go to pick each other up or sort of, it's sort of disappearing, right? Yeah. Like I was having dinner uh, at a restaurant down in that area and one of them told me about Grinder, and then like put yeah, it yeah, on his phone and back. it was like oh there's someone outside the restaurant yeah. like. exactly <laughs> exactly so so we don't really you know we don't really need these community halls anymore in a way yeah it's but it's kind of sad as well because obviously that you know there's an aspect of that energy i think that is really important in every you know in everyone's lives and that's you know community and um FaceTime you know, in a group, yeah, and just being in a group and being around other people, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, so that's a, just sort of an interesting aside that I, I thought was very interesting. I'd never really thought of it that way, 
but um yeah well you're bringing people together now though in a new way in a new way yeah i mean it, i don't think there'll be um as much open sex uh, <laughs> yeah Maybe you can designate a small area. Well, you know. <laughs> Have you ever seen embarrassingnightclubphotos.com? No, I'm that's, just writing that down. That's, that's really worth looking at. Wow. That's, that, that can give you an indication of some of the things that can happen in nightclubs, probably even in Vancouver. Not in the sort of nightclubs we generally are involved in, but still. Right, right. Well, I'm really happy to hear that you know you guys are doing stuff and putting on programming again because it yeah. was such a hit in that way and it's sad to see the waldorf sort of sitting empty and forlorn it is it's 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 um you know there was it is it's it is sad and it was obviously it was you know a, a real place that was a real place of community you know mm -hmm. and it was a real it was a real diverse place where a lot of people from different walks of life were able to kind of come together and and you know have a shared experience and uh, i really i really uh i'm really proud of what we did there you know but it's also there was a lot of aspects of it that were you know like having such a massive space also you know when in the middle of an industrial land and trying to keep it all going from day to day mm -hmm. it, it was uh challenging you know and it's nice we're doing a lot of stuff just out in the city now and they're done on an event by event basis you know yeah so yeah Good. So is there a name for this sort of new group that you've put together? Well, our, our, our new sort of creative agency and our events agency is called Arrival, Arrival Agency. Oh, wow. And yeah, and, uh, and, yeah, and the Fox is going to remain, it's going to continue to be called the Fox. Because that's an excellent name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. And what are you going to do with the photos? Like the Facebook photos were so riveting. I just, <laughs> are you going to like do an art exhibit or something? You know, we we it's sort of hindsight is twenty twenty because I, I really I really do wish that we'd, you know, Paul Wong and I went in there and 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 did some photography. But honestly, I I you know I I'm got a pretty strong stomach. But we really we went in there with black lights um, after the fact because it looked it really did look so great. Um, but we just found that the the atmosphere and the smell and everything else was just too overpowering, and we really just ended up having to leave quite quickly. <laughs> so did you, like, how are you cleaning it? Like, Oh, it's, 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 you know, it's being, it's being, you know, renovated. So okay. It's, it's kind of, yeah. It's like repainted really, and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. And everything else, you know, the, it's not, there, there's not going to be any, any jizz left <laughs> when we're done. Did you joke? It was like, you could like populate Canada <laughs> with, <laughs> the dried semen that you discovered it's it's it really is a lot that's a lot of uh a lot of cheese has been dis has been <laughs> displaced from, <laughs> from people's people's uh energy <laughs> hi we're back on citr that was tom and selmy from arrival agency talking about the fox theater so that was fun um and tom's been a lot of great bands over the years and one of them is copyright or sometimes known as circle c and i saw them many times like in the 90s but i didn't i didn't really kind of clue into um how hot they were and so tom's on vocals this is a video tune i'm gonna play um from 2001 
Um, and we've got Stephen Ham from The Evaporators on keyboards, the lovely Pete Bourne on drums, and Christian, I think his name is Thorvaldsen. So this song is really cool. It's called Rock Machine. Yeah. 
Thursday, July 25th at the Electric Owl. It's the Monophonics. Come get funky and check out guests, the Valuables, and Johnny Grayston. Advanced tickets available at High Life, Zulu, Red Cat, and Beat Street. Sponsored by CITR 101.9 FM. CITR is proud to support the 36th Annual Vancouver Folk Music Festival on July 19th, 20th, and 21st at Jericho Beach. This year's festival features over 60 artists, including Steve Earle and the Dukes, Aidan Knight, Kathleen Edwards, The Cat Empire, and many more. Be sure to get your tickets today for the best weekend of your summer. For more information, visit thefestival.bc.ca. Hi, I'm Sarah. We're back on CITR 101.9 FM. You're listening to The Arts Report. We're on every Wednesday between 5 and 6 p.m. Um, just in case you are the person who phoned into the studio earlier, um, you could try back and I will try to answer. Um, I'm still learning everything. So next I want to talk about an event. And um, this is such a cool event that both Megan and I, the uh, the co-host, wanted to do it. And so we agreed that I would do kind of an introduction this week and then she'll follow up next week or she's planning to follow up next week with one of the artists. So it's a show at the Vancouver Maritime Museum and it's called Tattoos and Scrimshaw, The Art of the Sailor. Um, So it's just this idea um, when ancient mariners sailed into the South Pacific, they were introduced to the idea of body art and then it became its own tradition. Um, And so it's through the spring and summer, the Vancouver Maritime Museum celebrates the long history of nautical tattoos and sailor art. Um, So it started March 14th, actually, and goes to October 13th. So lots of time to see it. Um, But there's an event coming up on July 18th. And we'll remind you again next week. And it's called Skin and Bone, Salty Sailor Tales, An Evening of Saucy Stories, History and Discovery. And so it's at the Vancouver Maritime Museum. It's July 18th, um, between 6.30 and 10. So... uh, one of the curators, Patricia Owen, and a tattoo artist will speak, and uh, just a couple of other people. And one of those people is Charles H. Scott Gallery curator Kate Rimmer uh, will be talking. So I talked to Kate today, and she told me a little bit about Scrimshaw, which, you know, we all know what, what tattoos are, but I didn't know what Scrimshaw is. So she And her area of interest is sort of erotic tattoo and scrimshaw so she's going to talk a little bit about that and then i'll be right back to talk a little bit more about tattoos so i was curious like what is scrimshaw well scrimshaw in its if you're being very traditional is um this sort of carving uh into and um drawing on uh whale's teeth that um whalers did um during that sort of the high period of whaling. Um, but then, of course, now it has expanded and people are still making scrimshaw. Um, and, you know, sort of following when it was introduced by this, the whalers, um, other uh, sailors sort of took on the art form as well. So it's often, it's usually on um, whale's teeth and walrus teeth. Yeah. Okay. And then in tattoos as well or or. They're just well, the interesting things. thing is that they look 
very similar, and if you think about it, it's a very similar technique because to um, make scrimshaw, you have this um, sort of, um, what is it? It's like a needle, and you make the these holes into the tooth, and then you color them. And so some of them are like extremely basic where you can sort of see the points, and some of them are just beautifully wrought drawings. Um, so it is very similar to a tattoo where you're, uh, you know, basically you're um, incising and then coloring. So... Um, yeah, they they have a sort of shared history in that way. And do you see common themes? Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's it. There are the kind of images that are represented um, historically in uh, tattooing. So the sort of uh, nautical symbols, maritime symbols, um, and then also you know their uh, their ship can be represented. Um, what you get that is sort of more. Uh, specific to scrimshaw rather than um, tattooing is that they were also um, sent home as kind of keepsakes um, and also sold as a sort of additional form of, of income. But, um, you know, when it comes into, for example, the, the more sort of erotic um, imagery, um, probably some of those images would also be inscribed on the body as well. Yeah. And yeah, so you were saying you were particularly interested in the sort of erotic mm-hmm. part of it. Tell mm-hmm. me about that. Well, I, I guess my interest started when um, you, you know there's this kind of there's the two representations of the sailor, and one is the sort of um, you know one of the sailor who's far from home, pining for his loved ones, for his you know his uh, his female folk and his his um, you know love that's waiting for him and that kind of thing. And then the other side, of, of course, is the Randy Sailor, which is, you know, in all the body tales and, um, you know, ditties and all of that sort of thing. And so, you know, you get these sort of two sides of the sailor that are, are supposed to be quite distinct. Um, and then I was looking at keepsakes that um, are sent back to loved ones. And you, again, you have this kind of Victorian notions of the um, um, fine work that is, you know, sent back for for the eyes of your family and then uh but then there are other um forms of sailors arts that are clearly much more um pornographic and so some of those would um actually possibly they're sort of meant for um the you know the titillation of the loved one at home but also some of them are probably um more, were probably made more as a mas- masturbatory um, tool as well. Because, of course, the society of males on the ship, you know, there's been a lot about the sort of erotic um, society of that's all men on ships, but, but also this kind of um, manifestation in, um, I guess, in the material culture is often not considered. Yeah. So what would it be like? Well, depictions of women oh, or yeah. naked women. There's, I mean, there's, um, yeah, there's a lot of ones of, of um, couples um, in the act. There's, there are a, an interesting number of ones of women peeing. It must be a particular. <laughs> 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 I don't know. You know, that's I guess it's a real kind of manifestation of the difference between male and female bodies. Um, and then there's this one fabulous object that I found online that kind of really summed it up for me, and it was this um, dildo, beautifully made out of ebony and, um, and bone, it, with this, this text that's been sort of inscribed into it that says, um, when I'm at sea, think of me. And so it's that really, that 
play between the kind of the mento and then this, um, you know, this masturbatory tool. Hi, we're back. I'm Sarah. So, yeah, sorry, Mom, about that. Um, (laughs) uh, What was I going to say? Yeah, so I'm interested to find out about, like, you know, nautical tattoos, but my interest that I've sort of looked into over the years is really um, the Russian prison tattoos. So I read a book on this, and I was, like, super fascinated. Um, So their tattoos, like, they're, uh, you know, a big prison culture and they make our prison culture look pretty wimpy. Um, these are really tough guys. And their tattoos are like a language. Um, and it, it all of the information about themselves and their beliefs and their crimes is all tattooed on them. Um, and some of it's, it's, wow, pretty scary. So if you look up online, just Google Rus- Russian prison tattoos, and you can look at a lot of pictures. Um, and so I'm looking at some pictures taken in the 1990s um, at some of Russia's toughest prisons at the peak of the gang wars that followed the breakup of the Soviet Union. Um, so there's ones that are symbols of like what kind of crimes they're into, how they rank as a criminal, like if they're kind of captains. Uh, one guy has a dagger, which indicates that he's available to hire for murders. Um, and, like, uh, I know that, like, for example, someone who's committed a crime against children will be tattooed um, as a brand. So, you know, they're sort of marked um, as, you know, because they're thought poorly of in the prison culture. So, yeah, very fascinating. I'd love to do something more on that. So I don't know if nautical tattoos are the same in terms of they tell a story of where a sailor's been or so on. So I'll I'll check in again about that when I see the show. But um, Canadian prisons, you know, there's a tattoo culture as well. I don't think it's quite as elaborate as the Russian prison culture tattoo. But in my work in mental health, I've been incredibly privileged to work with some people who are incarcerated. So I talked to them about their prison tattoos and and their very, you know, uh, rough, done behind the scenes. Um, And so what I could get out of them was this idea of time tags. So the you can look for symbols of how much time they've done so one of them wrote it down for me a cross on the hand between the thumb and the forefinger denotes done time and if there's like little rays coming out from the cross it indicates the number of years done and the time could be provincial or federal bricks like a like a string of bricks around the wrist indicate a year of done time so if you could have a like a few rings indicating several years a spider web and you see those guys with spider webs on their elbow and i was like what does that mean well it means you've done five years hard time um and a tear so the it's true that if you have an empty tear tattooed under your eye it means you've committed murder and if the tear is filled in it means you're in mourning for someone who has died so i thought that was really cool so I just, you know, want to play one more song from Thorson, just a short song, because it reminds me of Sailors. Um, and it's a really cool song. Also, the lyrics are from the poetic Eddas. And it's this idea of Odin. Um, and I like the lyrics. It's Odin hangs on a tree, myself given to myself. So this idea of the smaller self or the ego dying to the 
the higher self. And so, you know, I wanted to be in Thorson and I couldn't be, but they did let me play recorder on this song. So I'm going to play that um, and it goes out to my friends um, on the inside. And so enjoy the song. It's called Stern the Strug by Thorson. And then we're going to come back. I'm going to tell you about my trip to see Kiss at Rogers Arena. What horse is this? Is this the horse of bad Romero? What should I say of its legs? This horse has a leg. What should I say of its mind? This horse has no mind. Catch the bridle, mount the horse.
You wanted the best? You got the best. That's a kiss. I went on Saturday night. It was so fun. I just had this stupid big smile on my face the whole time. Rohit's in the studio with me. He's like, are you a Kiss fan? I'm like, yeah. I can play less than 30 seconds of a hit. I'm gonna cut it right about now. Sweet Detroit Rock City. So yeah, I went to Kiss. I almost didn't go like, cause I was busy. And then I was like, oh, I have to go. And I ended up getting a really good deal on a ticket. Um, and sort of a late start to the show. I ended up talking to the sort of door guy, old Kiss fan, Bob, and he sort of filled me in. So um, no problems with the stage setup. Everything got started a bit later. I hoped they would kill the opening band, but they didn't. And I had to sit through perhaps the worst opening band I've ever seen. It was like, oh, it was like Maroon 5, but kind of industrial. And the singer was doing this like interpretive dance, kind of these yoga postures, like, I was just like, oh God, I almost left. I was like, I don't, I don't think I can take it. Um, but when Kiss came on, I just, I was so glad um, I stayed. So my mind was totally blown. And I just want to make a case that Kiss is theater. It is art. Like they've taken the sort of glam rock thing and just turned it into this huge extravaganza, like the stage show. So they have big screens on either side, but also the whole back of the stage is also a giant screen and they're very choreographed so it's almost like they choreograph themselves so they look good on the giant screen um and they're a really great band too now like only a percentage of their songs are actually really good songs but in terms of playing they were they're almost so good i thought could they be lip syncing and you know but no i think they're really playing the mean the music's not that hard to execute um, so I love every single one. Tommy Thayer, I used to hate him because he replaced Ace Frehley, who I really loved. But I've looked into Tommy a bit, and I really like him now. He's a really hardworking guitar player, excellent guitar player, and they really uh, they really use him. He's really a backbone of the band. Uh, he's a Scorpio, and his middle name is Cunningham, and he's a philanthropist, so that's all I need to love him. Um, I, Eric Singer, so I had read you know, the old Peter drummer, Peter Chris, I'd read his biography, which is just like outrageously ridiculous. Um, But I didn't know much about Eric Singer. um, And he was an amazing drummer. Now he's played with people like um, Alice Cooper. He's been on 75 albums and 11 EPs. So he's actually an amazing drummer. He was featured a lot. They'd put him on this drum riser and put him up on the Jumbotron a lot. And he's extremely hot in the Catman makeup. So um, two thumbs up. Uh, Paul Stanley. Now Paul is like amazing. His banter makes the show. He's got famous banter. Um, and I found out something new about Paul, which is that he has microtia, which is a deformity of the outer ear. He was like born without an ear and he's deaf in his right ear his whole life. And you'd never know because he's like an incredible singer. And, and performing he's had a couple of hip replacement surgeries from wearing his platform boots but like he is super sexy he's got these f- glittery feathery pants and he sort of shimmies around but i'm just gonna play a bit of the banter um this is what you will get from paul if you go to a concert i know there's people here that like to get a little crazy like animals now, every once in a while, you want to take a little taste of alcohol, I can dig it. Now, I ain't talking about no tequila, not now. 
Now, I ain't talking about no Southern comfort, not now. I tell you, when you're down, you need something to bring you up. There's only one truth that's gonna do it for you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Huh? Oh, that's so funny. And they make you cheer. Like, they get mad at you if you don't cheer. They'll be like, yeah, like, can you hear me? Can you give us some applause? And I felt like I had to clap. I didn't want Kiss to be upset. Um, so, yeah, highlights. Okay, Gene. Don't even get me started on Gene. I totally love him. He's got a Vancouver connection. Bob, the door guy, was saying that Gene often comes to Connects games. Like, his daughter lives here. They have a place here. Um and Gene was at the racetrack, the Hastings racetrack in the day. Missed that. Also missed Tommy Thayer at Long and McQuaid. So highlights were some of the songs, I Was Made for Loving You, Deuce, I think that's an, um, God of Thunder, Paul Flew Around. Their outfits, like, look so good on the Jumbotron. Like, they're just, like, it's just, like, my mind was exploding. My dopamine pathways were just, like, humming. Um but my my favorite part was Gene doing the demon, so he does a demon character. And so just as a precursor to sort of God of Thunder, he's like, like this kind of satanic bass, and he bites on his, like, blood pellet or whatever. And Gene's, like, a pretty tame guy. He's become, like, a tame family man. But for a few, like, 30 seconds, he really was a demon, and this blood's gushing out of his mouth, and his eyes are rolling back in his head, and the bass is, like, rumbling, and it was, like, so completely awesome. So... It's just like glitter, glamour, explosions, great rock music. If you have a chance to see Kiss, please do. There was like literally every kind of person at the show. Old people, young people, bikers, hipsters, disabled people with caregivers. Everybody loves Kiss and loves Kiss. And there's rumors that they're starting a little pop-up store or something, like a little cart that's going to sell Kiss. And you can literally get anything in in Kiss, like toilet paper, Kiss toilet paper, an urn for your ashes incense whatever um so more on that but it's time to go i'm done thank you so much rohit for coming in and he's going to do more for us so we've got lots of amazing stuff over the next little while megan will be back on the 17th i'll return on the 24th we'll be doing lots on the queer arts festival that starts around the 24th we've got a busy fall ahead we're looking already ahead to the fringe festival the vancouver film festival and so on but we have a request I asked Rohit for a request, and he said Shad is really cool. So I've never heard Shad, but he's a hip-hop artist. So this is Shad's song, I Get Down. Get down. 